Today's episode of the Ryan Rosillo Show on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. I'm excited about this. Uh, we got Craig Kilborn in studio. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Just like Craig Kilborn's career at Montana State, Bozeman shows up, tall, stretch four, little handle, some, I mean, incredible vision by all accounts. And next thing you know, you're, you're just not getting enough touches, you know? It's not getting enough touches, and it's time to go be a huge TV star. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. All right, let's do this. 90 Minutes with Craig Kilborn. I was once asked if I had ever seen the movie Black Stallion, and I thought, see it. I own it. They said the most difficult guest can be the untamable thoroughbred. They said, have you ever met Craig Kilborn? And I said, I'm not ready for that challenge. That was years ago when I was told that story. And now I feel like today, with Craig sitting in front of me, I am ready to tame that horse. That was beautiful. Well, that, over, just reco- that was a beautiful introduction. You wanna, I want to tell you why I'm so excited to be here. Um, in the past, I was, a natu- I was known as a natural host when I did Late Night. Once they said that, I, I left. That's all I needed to hear. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I did. I, it was very nice of, uh, it's very nice of Mr. Simmons. You guys are, I think, co-owners of The Ringer. You're the COO. He's got a little bit higher title than I do, yeah. And congratulations uh, on the new Spotify deal that none of us understand, but we're excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, I did his uh, his podcast a few years ago, and I was, I was awful because I was hyper and I, I listen, I go, Oh, easy fix. If I did it tomorrow. So t- today is tomorrow. I'll just listen to you respond. I won't segment produce. Do you want to segment produce? Well, are you, are you a creative type? Like on air guys are either inspired by those around them and they follow a lead. And then there's others that are control freaks. I was a control freak. I was told, I was told I was a control person. There's no freak over here. Uh, yeah, we don't like to use those words anymore. <laughs> I used to do a joke that I, the only reason I want to be in control is because when wrong decisions are being made, I want to be the one making them. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I thought I, if I had four good stories and we don't get to them, what a waste, but podcasts are, are loose and there will be interesting things said, but still there might be some stories left out, but that's fine. Um, you have four. So you're telling me you have four stories no, you would like it, to do today. No, no, no. That's not, not true. In, in late night, we would have uh, at least four good areas to talk to and some uh, to talk about topics. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was simply like with Mimi Rogers, she loves mustard and puts it on everything. That, that's not a story. So we would just talk about that, you know? Yeah. You know, I've always wondered because I would. And, you know, I'm getting a little up there where you go, okay, you know, I never ended up on any of the shows. Like when Van Pelt went on Letterman, when he and I were co-hosting together, he, he should have gone on Letterman. He, he like, even though I was part of the radio show, that's a solo deal. But you start going, hey, maybe year 10, can I get on Kimmel? Kimmel? You know, can right. I get, maybe Carson? Right. You know? Right. Um, but I don't know that I'd be good. I don't know that I'd be good as a guest. How can you figure out how to like pull things? Because I imagine you have these segment producers that would say to the person out back, be like, hey, do you have anything? Be like, oh, let me tell the Cuba story. Well, when I was on Letterman uh, a few times, I was told he loves stories. 
So I had some really good stories that I worked on that were true, and then you embellish them. <laughs> and he loves that. But I was also told sometimes that if you're a really good host, you're not a good guest because you're not in control, which goes back to what you said. But the point is, um, it was an easy, I felt like I may have traumatized a few listeners a few years ago because I was hyper, not good. But for me, it was an easy fix. And I'm going to do two compliments to Bill, your, your co-owner. Um, you know, Letterman did the Oscars and they never let him come back and fix it. But Bill has invited me back to uh, remedy. This is yeah. really, I don't want to Isn't say it's that beautiful. Here. Yeah, but you, the, the amount of prep, that's why you're so good that you would go back and listen to yourself with Bill. And I didn't listen to it. Oh, I, listened just... to, I listened to five seconds and said, I'm hyper, I know how to fix it. Done. Yeah. Can I start, can I start here? Yeah. I have one other joke about Bill. I just wanted to tell you. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to get to it. Okay. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch the Timberwolves, mm. that's your team. Yeah. And you see a Carl Anthony Towns. How much of, how much of a younger Craig Kilborn do you see in Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns? And I'm not even talking game, perhaps more personality. I don't know. He's, I, I don't know. He's, he's, uh, he's, a, he's, uh, <laughs> I loved it when Calipari said, uh, Carl comes from a different childhood background than Jimmy Butler. Because, you know, Jimmy Butler was thrown out of the house. Yeah, he was sleeping in his car for a little while. <laughs> he was thrown out of the house and was adopted. <laughs> and then and then uh, Carl had these loving parents and, you know, it's like... It's like Cal <laughs> didn't want the loving parents kid on the team. I mean, <laughs> anyways, I, I think it's... If, if my dad had hit me with a switch like Adrian Peterson's dad did, I would have played a couple years in the NBA. And I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Sort of. Kind of. Do you remember, what were the recruitment stories like to, to Montana State? Um, first, uh, when you get on a list, it, when you're a good high school player. So I was on a list of good high school players. And how good were you in high school? I mean, to play. I, I mean. How many did you get? Do you know how much, like, what did you score a game? Well. Uh, I was somewhat of a, uh, somewhat of an early bloomer where I, I started playing basketball in second grade and I could, I was watching my, they, they had basketball in fifth grade. They didn't have basketball in second grade, but I'd go to watch my brother's practice in fifth grade. He was three years ahead of me. And I was dribbling on the sideline watching practice. And the coach said, why are you dribbling with your left hand? Are you left hand? And I said, no, I can already, already dribble with my right. I'm just working on my left hand. That was in second grade. <laughs> I had read Houdini of the Hardwood, uh, Foul, the Connie Hawkins story, and uh, uh, Zeke from Cabin Creek, the Jerry West story. And uh, in, uh, I, I think they didn't, they didn't bring up freshmen on varsity back in Hastings, Minnesota. And some people said I could play as a freshman because I worked at the game in the offseason. These other guys went fishing and camping. Not you. <laughs> So I played as I started as a sophomore and led the team in scoring and rebounding 16 and 11 as a sophomore. Then I was 19 points a game as a junior and then 26 as a as a senior. Um yeah, who yeah, who I'm, cares? You barely remember. I mean, who Yeah, no two shots were the same. No, I'm kidding. It was uh I could shoot and pass. So Montana State, how does how does that happen? Oh, I was going to say the first the first letter I got was a junior from Digger Phelps in Notre Dame. You get on a list, and they just send out these. They have to send out these 
letters to let them know they're, they're form letters, but, the, but they, they need to let you know that we're thinking about you in case you have an amazing senior year. We sent you a letter when yeah. you were a junior. And then I was recruited by uh, the people that were in my living room was, uh, were Norm Stewart from Missouri. Uh, but you and Derek Chivas had kind of like you, you duplicate each other. So it makes sense. If I knew I was going to ride the bench. I would have gone to Missouri. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Jim Dutcher from, uh, university of Minnesota, Mike Montgomery from Montana who ended up at Stanford. Yep. And then, uh, there was somebody else that was, uh, interesting. Uh, and then I went to Montana state. I think there was another coach that, that came to the house, but anyways, it was, uh, it was a fun time. I spent a little time in Montana, but I haven't made it over to Helena. Bozeman, Big Sky, Gallatin River guy. Um, I went to school in Bozeman. That's where Montana State oh, is. Oh, Montana State is in Bozeman. Yeah, Helena, yeah. Helena is what? Montana? I think Helena is the capital. Helena is the capital. One, one oh, so wait a minute. So Bozeman, I went out one night in Bozeman. Rockin' our bar? I, that little strip. Yeah. Um, is, is right out. Like guys were cruising all night. Yeah. You just go up and down that little strip yeah. all night in your truck. Yeah. And then I went to, I think a VFW and played Kino by myself. I had a couple, couple pops. Do you, do you, um, do you drink? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you seem, you seem curious. No, I was just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I knew that was a night where I was like, go home. Yeah. Nothing. This is a weird uh, solo gotta, night in Bozeman. For all the young people out there who yeah. drink, you got to have an out. You got to have a meal and an out. You got to eat and get to bed. Don't, yeah. as I like to say, don't chase the night. Chase the night. Uh, don't chase the night. When you're single, though, your people have been known to to chase mm-hmm. the, the night. Um, when I had first watched you at ESPN, and I know like some of these things can be weird, and it's like, hey, man, you were, you know... You were really awesome. Um, there was something immediately about you. You were funny, but you were, so- I mean, just, you'd go like, hey, that guy belongs on television. Like that, that guy works. And I would ask about you. I mean, I'd gotten there years, years after you had left. I think you had left, what, 96, 97? I was there three years. It would have been 96. Okay, so 96. And a guy that we both know, because I got to know him because of uh, Boston, Billy Fairweather. Yep old producer. Yeah. I'd be like, Hey, what was Kilborn like? And he'd be like, ah, Kilborn. As soon as he got there, he's like, Billy, we got to get to LA. We got to get to LA. You seem like one of the rare guys that is great. And to be a sports center anchor back then was a huge, not to say it's not a big deal now, but that was like something different back then. It was like this almost iconic thing. You were my favorite one. And there was always kind of this thing. It's like, are you funny and cool naturally? Or are you trying to do the, hey, I'm now on SportsCenter, so now I'm going to be funny and cool and all this stuff. And you were never, it never felt like you were oppressing, but it seemed like you weren't, you certainly weren't satisfied. Um, but it was a very temporary stop for you for other people where it would have felt like, hey, I made it. I almost didn't do ESPN because I didn't want a sports cast. I just gave Ryan an exclusive that's, I don't know if we have to pause for that. Mark it down. Mark that down. But I, I had great respect. Like, I think Bob Costas, as a broadcaster, is as talented as they get. Sure. And um, I have an acquaintance who's a broad uh, sportscaster, and he's 
kind of a hothead and kind of boring to me. I will never reveal the person's name. You don't know him. I'm going to say you don't know him because maybe you do. And he would say, it's always about you, Craig. And I'd say, it's not about, it's not about me when I'm around Bob Costas and Ernie Johnson. I love those guys. <laughs> but I didn't want to, I, I have great admiration for broadcasters in general and sportscasters, but I had this comedic bent. And when I was uh, all my whole life, my dad was very funny. My, my childhood was basketball and comedy, whether it was Fernwood Tonight, Monty Python. Later, it was discovering Bill Murray on Saturday Night Live, all that stuff. Honeymooners, at the, when I was really young, I watched the Honeymooners. And when I was in college, I said, well, there's only one Johnny Carson. And you can't, you can't, you can't do a talk show. So you got to probably do, and I like Cheers in college. So you probably do it, maybe do a sitcom. So I always had that kind of interest. But then I, it, it all kind of worked, worked out in a, in a nice way for me. From my perspective, I got to do late night, got it out of my system, got out. Love it. When you're talking, like, I always have this, this thought about agents is that we're both kind of right. Where agents, Say agents, agents, right? Yeah. Where all of us that are on air, right. All think our agents aren't doing enough. They're like, how do they not see my brilliance? Like, right. you know, are you going to fight for me? And, and there's, I believe agents could do a better job, but then I think the agents look at us collectively, <laughs> at least most of us think, oh, this, this fucking guy's delusional. Right. <laughs> he thinks he's going to be doing all these things. Right. What kinds of conversations were you having with your agents while you're at ESPN and them coming back and saying, hey, look, Comedy Central is, is looking at doing this daily show and they may want to build it around you. Right. Well, you brought up agents and you, as, as a level-headed person would say, some agents are wonderful and then some are, are not as good and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I recommend in reading for everybody is the, one of the greatest things ever written by David Simon. <laughs> you ever heard, you ever seen this thing? He wrote it for Deadline about, about packaging fees. <laughs> Or not? Did you ever? Yeah, see yeah. No, when the did, the writers. I'm, did you, did Craig, read, I'm a writer. So, right. Did you yeah. read the David Simon piece? I read enough of it to know that okay. once that had happened, it was like okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was it was entertaining. Yeah. And I'm actually. And for did, those who don't know, David Simon created the Wire. Yeah. Right. And and this is where I'm a bit of a contradiction. But I, I'm not a fan of the f bomb. But when he oh, no. when, when he used it. it, yeah. Uh, he would follow it with bonnet f bonnet or. And it was, it was humorous when he did it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so to answer your question, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I had, I, I had a, I'll kind of give you a truncated, I, I thought I had, I thought I would be able to do a late night talk show and I was fortunate to do it. And I promised myself if I did it, that I would never complain about anything. And the, the, where I'm enigmatic is I, I enjoyed doing it. On CBS was my favorite. That was easily my favorite show because it was a traditional late night show. But leaving it was even more satisfying because I'm less accepting of dysfunction and I'm I'm not addicted to the stage. So I'm like, I like being creative. So the Instagram is really enjoyable for me. I enjoy doing that. Now, I, now I know that people miss me and I apologize. There's not much I want to do. That's I, and I apologize that this may be, I may just do Instagram and write a book one day, but I, I apologize, but I love it. Have you thought about book titles? Above the fray, living above the fray. Uh, and I think I had another line under there, but uh, could be a manual, a guide to living above the fray. Uh, 
leadership 101. <laughs> <laughs> I read uh I read your interview with yourself in the LA Times. Oh. And sorry. I, what was that sound I just made? I, I enjoyed I enjoyed writing I, that. I know. You you have a great answer because it was a great question. <laughs> Where you said, you know, and if I had more time to speak to the young people, <laughs> I would, I would say this, but yeah. I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like this book would be sort of making up for all the times that you haven't been able to show up and guide right. anybody. Right. The leadership. Um, I'm not motivated right now to write the book, but. Um, it's hard. I, yeah, I would, I would, I would think, but also I have a friend who is, uh, was in the newspaper business, uh, he lives in Los Angeles and he works, uh, I'm going to protect him a little bit, but he's a real nice guy and he, he wants to write a book, but he says, the things I want to say, I wouldn't be able to work again. And they're nothing, they're nothing terrible. They're just, it's just the PC culture. So it's, it's, he's just, he's just things he wants to say. You can get in trouble by saying level-headed things as you, as you may or may not know. Yeah, I've outlined a book. Uh, I have a couple working titles. For yours? Yeah. Would you like me to ask you those? Yeah. Okay. So have you written any books yet? Start to finish? No. Okay. You've read books start to finish? I have. Yeah. Paul Tagliabue said he would read the beginning and then read the end because he was so busy. Did you ever hear that? The beginning, then the end, and the then beginning, that's it. Yeah, he wouldn't have time to read the whole book, which I thought was interesting. Paul I think that's Tagliabue. actually terrible. Like oh. the beginnings of books are usually some of the best stuff to get you to keep reading it. Right. But- well, I find a lot of ending, endings fall flat. Okay. Okay. We're not talking about Stripes the movie. We're talking about books. Okay. What are your titles of, what are the ones you're- Two. I have two, but okay. I can't, I can't tell, but I'm glad you're here. I didn't oh, expect Oh, you can't to be tell doing, me? No, I'm going to tell you now. Okay. No one else knows this. Okay. Okay. So the I'm first- I'm pulling it out of you. The first title is, yeah, it's me. And then the other title is, I haven't decided yet. I could go with this one. Yes, it is me. God work on a third. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, it's me. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. That's more casual. I, is yeah. Comma, That's like we're buddies. Yeah, it's me. Hey, it's me. Okay. Um is this a guide to like eating at El Tarasco? Is that what it's called? That what's the place called in Manhattan Beach? Yeah, El, El Tarasco. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a few places down there. We gotta get you down there. I I just <laughs> I'm not 100% sure what the book is yet. Okay. Because things change. Okay. But there's a- There's, there's no a, rush, is there? Not on this. I have other projects. Okay. I've loosely attached. Okay. But I would, I would why, say- Why is my man on the board here giggling or- Nephew Kyle, that's yeah. his role. He just, I have my own little laugh track to the entire pod. Okay. But sometimes I'll be doing like really serious stuff. Right. I'm like, well, one of the biggest problems with prosecution day six of the OJ case. And then Kyle will just start cracking up and- Every now and then, it's not timed out perfect, but he I'm makes you clamps on it now. He makes you feel better about yourself when you do your podcasts, which are very popular. Correct? Yeah, we're doing all right. Do you do them normally here or down in Manhattan Beach at your house? Manhattan Beach. Oh, really? Almost. Ex I'll do usually one or two. Would it have been better if I had come to Manhattan Beach? Would the would the interview have been better? It's going swimmingly, but would it have been better if I was down there? I don't know. I feel pretty good so far. So do I. But. I would probably say, you know, if we were in Manhattan Beach, I'd be like, let me let me show you around a little bit. We could see Cowherd. I, I actually have Cowherd stuff in my notes. Wait, wait. Can I can yes. I ask you about? Because I, I see this look in your face. No, I'm I trying to read you. Well, I was saying You're when a tough I read when I when I I did something. I did a visual when I said it's going great or something. I, I put my hands up, 
and Kyle laughed because of my my body language. And that and they're not getting the body language on this. No, they're not. They're not. Can, we, I, can I say something nice about Colin Coward? Yeah. So I don't listen to sports radio like I should, or I should not, not that I should. When I was a kid, I listened to Pete Franklin. We used to get 3WE Pete Franklin up in Minnesota. And for those of you who don't know Pete Franklin, he was a very colorful sports guy. And he would say, he had a kind of gravelly voice. And a, a, some kid, they would call in and say, how come, how come Bobby, how come Bobby Bingo Smith isn't playing for the Cavs as much as he, and then the, Pete Franklin would go, how old are you? 12, go pick your face. And he'd hang up on him because he didn't want young kids calling in. Timus did that once. Oh, I remember a kid called in and yeah. he was like, do you have braces? And the yeah. kid was like, yes. And he's like, good. So I don't listen to sports radio. I also, but I can tell when people are good. It's just like uh, a, a couple of my writers write for Family Guy. And years ago, they said, would you please watch an episode? And I watched one episode. I said, wow, this is funny. This is brilliant. It a is. lot of jokes. But I only watched one episode. There are a lot of things I haven't seen. I won't, I don't want to upset people and say I've never seen an episode of Friends because that would upset people. Is that true? Yes. I've never seen an episode of Friends. Just no desire. No desire. I watched Frasier ad nauseum. So um, I heard you years ago doing radio on ESPN. And I said, oh, this guy's good. I like this guy. You seem level-headed, good voice, sense of humor. You seem, you seem earnest and honest. And you know what I'm saying? Like you actually... You actually care about your career. <laughs> anyway, so what were you, we, Colin were, Coward. We, we were trying to get you on years mm -hmm. ago when I was still doing radio. I emailed you back and yeah, said, yeah. I'm a fan. You go, you're not yeah. a fan. Well, because, and I'm glad we're doing this because I don't want there to be any tension, but you're so used to when you reach out in radio shows, like the people, the handlers of the person will say right. like, oh, it's a no, but you know, tell yeah. like our favorite one with Van Pelt and I was like, Denzel's a huge fan. Right. And then I ran into him and he was like, that security guy was like, what are you doing? Right. That's like, funny. Get away from this guy. That's hilarious. Which actually is, is fair. Like that was me being younger and thinking like, oh, right. we did seven minutes together. Like, of course I'm going to hang out with Denzel. So when, when your, your handlers were like, no, but tell Ryan that, that Craig's a big fan. I was like, oh, but so we made a joke about it. Like. Adam did a list of all the guys, but then you did reach out and you said, Hey, I am a fan. Yeah. And it meant a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was big for me. It was a big day for me. So Colin Coward, I've heard him. Now I, I really enjoy Rich Eisen because Rich has a sense of humor. And you guys know each other too. And well, you we were... didn't really, we, we knew it. We, we, we didn't really oh. know each other. So has he played that up more? Than no, no, we, we you were great with him and he, he'd got some really cool timeline stuff out of you. Yeah. I thought, we, recently. we didn't, uh, he was there when I was there, but they were, I, I can't remember if they were doing ESPN two or what. I, I don't remember, but I knew I, I said hi to him. I talked to him a few times at ESPN. I remember, I remember saying a few things to him, but I had already kind of checked out. Yeah. On the show that you did with him, you had mentioned that you took him out for chicken Yeah, and then asked him, but you were very honest in the interview. And that I don't remember. There are a lot of things I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. You have people tell me jokes, funny stuff. And I said, I don't remember saying that, but I was going to say Colin Coward to me is very talented because he can, this is how I like to describe it. He will um, say things. I don't like LeBron's game. You know, I don't like LeBron's jump shot. I'm just being honest. And he'll have dramatic pauses. And the pauses to me, he uses dramatic pauses, which is, and, I, and I've enjoyed the term ever since my dad We'd talk about Richard Burton, the actor, or Orson Welles. Dramatic pauses are fun. So Colin Coward has a gift where he doesn't need a sidekick, and he can—he doesn't need anybody, and that's a gift. 
Now he doesn't, I think he admits to not having a sense of humor. Is that correct? He admits that, <laughs> no, right? I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that he would say that. Um, okay. I thought he said that once. Okay. Did he? Mm -hmm. Cause there is really nothing worse than somebody who like, just isn't, it's not, not being funny. It's not laughing at anything else. Yeah. The fact that he's creative to come up with the analogies. Uh, the thing that I think is hard is he's talented, but he, because he's opinionated, then he offends people. I like offending people by being smug and standoffish. He, he, he offends people by saying, you know, this guy's no good. This ball player's no good, yeah. but he has to take, and I never enjoyed, I never enjoyed that as a sportscaster. When I was in local TV in Monterey, they said, okay, you have to, it's the, uh, the Bay Bridge series, the A's and the Giants. You have to pick someone to win this. I said, no, no, I, I don't want to pick because I don't want to be wrong. I'm not into being wrong. And they said, no, no, it doesn't matter. The, the audience wants to hear Craig's picks. It's fun. You know, but you didn't, that I, I ended up picking. I said, oh, okay, I probably couched it. I, I, you know, I'm picking the A's, but man, the Giants, my dad loved Willie Mays. So I, so win-win either way. I don't know what I said. You know? <laughs> Too close to call. Uh, Cowherd, <laughs> this is why we even brought it up. Cause he was like, Hey, he was, uh, he goes, he didn't have any money when he first started working at ESPN. I was like, where, where are you getting these details? He goes, oh, he had, the, he, had the, he had the same brown jacket. He's like, he was making like 27 grand a year. And I go, I don't think he was making 27 grand a year his first year at ESPN. So I, I pushed back a little bit, but you lit up about that brown jacket just now. Well, I don't know. He went to something else, which is, he's talking about on air, right? Yeah. Okay. He, he said your wardrobe was limited. I'm saying, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a, which is, uh, I, um, uh, in, 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 I do the tangents where I have five comments here, but Go. when I was in Montana state, I wrote a thumbnail sketch on the ball, play, my teammates. And one guy was Phil Lair who, uh, who was injured out for the year. And I said, sitting on the bench will tax his wardrobe because Phil was, was not a fashion plate. Now, what's interesting- That's a great line for a college kid. Yes. What, what's interesting is I, I have a couple thoughts. I thought initially, he, Colin Coward was saying, I wore the same outfit to work every day. And on that, there was a time in local TV in Monterey and also at the Daily Show sometimes, I would just wear sweats and a shirt because I wanted to work. And it goes back to the movie, The Fly, Brundle Fly with Jeff Goldblum. And he's a scientist and he'd open the closet every morning and said, I'm not spending any creativity on my outfit. He'd have 10 khakis and 10 blue shirts. He'd wear the same thing every day. So that creative, he doesn't have to say, what should I wear today? Don't, don't waste any thought on that. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying in the movie? Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about because the movie and then Sam Hinkie said he does the same exact thing. Yes. Identical blazers because yes. I don't want to use, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of the way. Go so, ahead. so. There were times where I'm really actually into clothes, but I would, I would basically in my life sometimes not waste energy on it. So when I would walk into work, I would might wear the same sweats or, and then a different shirt and just hunker down. As far as on camera, I think it was an olive jacket that looked brown on the air. No, but I took it. Olive will do that. No, I, it, it's, a, it's a great jacket I had from local TV in Monterey, but we didn't, they didn't provide us with clothes until maybe my second year. You, you know, I was doing makeup myself the whole time. In, at ESPN. At ESPN. They finally got makeup, but not for the 2 a.m. show. So if I looked like a bronze god, it was because I was taking on too much makeup and doing it quickly. 
And, and, uh, so, but yeah, he's, he's probably a hundred percent right. I didn't, I didn't, uh, they didn't provide, did they provide you with wardrobe? Not me. I mean, look, I was on radio, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the sports center people had wardrobe, but you know, seriously, if you get five grand as a male and I mean, we know how suits, I mean, that might not even be a blazer for you today. Right. The nineties, you know, maybe a a nice Joseph Abood, maybe, maybe something from Marshall's that's been maybe a a Ralph Lauren, but certainly not purple label. Right. (laughs) And, and my, I call her my wife, uh, but, uh, my longtime girlfriend was, is both an interior designer and she does costuming. She does, she does costumes. She, she makes. For TV and film. Yeah. And f- yeah. For, for, cool. Well, for mostly commercials, but she also, uh, Rod Stewart and his band. She gets to, she does that. St- yeah. She's great. But she. Those are rowdy guys. Huh? Oh my, I watch <laughs> back off. <laughs> but um, I don't know that I could ever go out with my dad drinking and start fighting people, but I kind of respect it. Well, actually, Rod's a sweet man. He's a sweet man. I didn't, I wasn't assuming anything. I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything <laughs> about the son, but Rod's a sweet man. But um, once you've had, I'm a tall guy and, you know, we have crooked shoulders and stuff and I could still dunk. But what happened is, she, once you have, she gets tailored suits and, 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 uh, shirts for me. And once you have been exposed to that, it's a joy. Right. You can't, you know. And most of us aren't built like mannequins. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The first tailored shirt. I remember. So if that was it from Colin Coward, I, th- I wanted something like, I, I like to get under the skin of somebody. Everybody guys, is. But no one really cares. Uh, honestly though, the, the suit thing, and I, and I don't want to make it awkward here. Cause now I, I regret using the F-bomb. We'll leave that out. No, no, you can't. I'm just. No, I don't want to do it around you. I don't want to do yeah, it around you. Yeah, that's fine. That's not, but I, it, I'm glad you told me It's that. a, it's a, it's a, uh, I have this funny joke where. One of my writer friends and, and my favorite people in the world are writers. You're a writer. I'm a writer. It's fun writing, creating. And and my friends from the old show, uh, Alex Sulkin, by the way. Uh, I was I, DMing with him yesterday. And I apologize for not mentioning your name earlier, Alex. Um, he did the movie Ted, Ted 2. Very nice house. He, he has a very nice house. Because of the movie? Is that yes, what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. And I want, to t- I want to tell him, but I didn't tell him. I want to say, yeah, you have a nice house. Uh, you should see the guy who wrote Police Academy. Holy buckets. Anyways, <laughs> but, um, and Julius Sharp and Mike Gibbons and these guys, they're great. Uh, but, um, uh, wait, what were you talking about? I had a point on my writer friends. Well, <laughs> the, the part that's always like when I was talking to a couple of people, I was like, yep, yeah, you know, I'm getting Kilborn on. And then I didn't want to be repetitive like everybody else, you know, I mean, some of this is like, Hey, tell me about the ESPN and the right. transition. But we, right. I already kind of knew that and hearing about you, that you were, you were over the sports and I I knew the late, late deal was what you wanted. And I've also heard why you said like, look, I'm good. Like it became political. It became observational. I think people are obsessed with you being a guy that's on air was so great at it. And then moving on that I feel like you've been asked that question before, but then people are always like, well, how can he just do this and never work? That's what's weird. And it feels a little personal. You but mean, it's, you it's mean, like, yeah, like, you mean satisfied wise or satisfaction or monetarily, monetarily, or everything. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I feel uncomfortable even, but it seems to always be like the number one thing. <laughs> like right. He just is done and yeah. doesn't have to work well, anymore. I like conclusions. I knew when I left, I, I set the bar low. I called it early retirement because I knew I only really wanted to do one thing. And it was something scripted with my sensibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is a there are different characters in the white collar world that I could play in my sleep. One of them, I'm going to give you an exclusive. I would love to play. You remember Shatner on Boston Legal? You have a little paunch. You wear too much cologne. 
I want people to tune in and say, oh, did he let himself go? But I'm, it not, hasn't, yeah. I'm not aging. Yeah. I you tried. look great. I look, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is the genetics. I don't know what it is, but um, um, yeah. So I, I, and then financially, I, uh, California real estate is very good. I've, I, I, I don't think I have an extravagant lifestyle, but I don't. It seems extravagant on Instagram. Well, you can do it the right way. You, you can you can live the right if you have good taste you can listen to Miles Davis you can have a I do have a night I I do like pre-war architecture so I've had a 1927 house and which I have a, war the World War 1940 okay pre-war yeah. pre they built uh, in the 20s and 30s these are the the house the homes that I like and I had one in the hills 1929 uh, and then I have one now that's 1923 and I have a little place in the desert. And it's, uh, it's enjoyable. And you're I, a big desert guy. It's, it's, uh, as my brother likes to say, your blood pressure plummets. <laughs> Not that my blood pressure is high in, in town. I, um, uh, yeah, uh, I just thought of something funny, but, um, is this where you want to get in your second Bill Simmons? Joke? No. Oh, Bill Simmons. Joke. No, I was going to say, um, Congratulations to Bill. And again, no one really understands what, what the Spotify deal is. It sounds great. But he's got, he's gifted. He turns out, he turns out a lot of content. He has what we call a motor. Prolific. And he has a motor that only one other person in this town has. And that's Harvey Levin from TMZ. I'm just kidding. That was my I, I will say that. Years ago, 12 years ago, this joke doesn't doesn't hold up necessarily. One of my friends, Julia Sharp, or, or Alec, one of these guys, uh, uh, Seth McFarland had just signed a $100 million deal. The one 12 years ago. I think he signed a new one too. And my one of the guys says, hey, Seth just signed a deal. I said, $100 million, That's Joe Francis money. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know Joe Francis... <laughs> It's girls gone wild guy. Okay. Oh, was, was, it's the best. You're right. It's, it's, it's such an incredible. And with you, I, I think there's this part where everybody's like, is this a bit? Well, is if, this whole thing a bit? Here, here's the thing. I don't like talking about, if I do something, I'll do something and I'll call you. I'll DM you. I'll, I'll email you. I'll let you know I'm doing something. But why talk about it if you're not going to do anything? And I'm not pushing it. I'm just enjoying I'm just, in, I'm going to enjoy life no matter what. It was, I'm just, I, as soon as I did the late night show, that was it. That was my Super Bowl. I, I'm glad I don't have to keep doing it. Now, if I write a book, I'll only, I'll tell you things there. There's this, there's this great quote from a documentary on John Wooden and UCLA on HBO. He left Purdue, he left Indiana when his dad, with three things his dad told him, read uh, deeply from good books. Uh, don't complain and make each day your masterpiece. So I don't like to complain. So there were flaws. Like I'll tell you something, the daily show, I get there for the launch. I'm not hired first in late night. We all know that the host has a major influence, if not total. And in, should a honestly, major influence like on the content and the staff. So they, they, they approached it in a different way. It was flawed. I smiled and put up with it scored on the air and got out of there because 
I didn't like the format. I'm not doing a four-minute interview with Clint Eastwood. I'm not doing a four-minute interview with Giselle Bunchen. That's wrong. That's not American. So, plus, I'm not doing a political show. You know what I'm saying? And everybody is is political right now. I have a political joke for you, though, mm -hmm. if you were to come back. Okay. If Trump were a basketball player, he'd be the Morris Twins because there's two of them. Two, you mean he's obese? No. I'm working on it. Okay. No, I, I didn't even, it wasn't, I don't know what it wasn't an obese joke. Yeah. Oh. All right. That one didn't work. I, I did like, I read something you said yesterday. It was a quote about Kyrie, which I thought was funny. Oh, if, if I were homeless and yeah, you said like you that. can stay with me, I'd be like, I'm, I'm good. I'll stay out here. Yeah, I like that. People thought that was a little harsh. Uh, but it wasn't a commentary on the homelessness crisis at all. It was no, just, I'm not a huge he, Kyrie guy. He's a, he's, is it because he's a flake or something like that? He's yeah, got, and I just, honestly, I think the Celtics have gone out of their way to not share a bunch of information so they don't seem like they're anti-player. Right. I think teams are so worried about how they're perceived around the league and in Boston and the city and the history and everything has it has it worse uh than than a lot of cities and I think they they basically as an organization were like hey let's not start sharing a bunch of stories that make Kyrie look bad right so that we don't look like we're doing this thing where we're trying to you know ruin a guy after he left us one of the joys of being a, an NBA fan is you get to it's not it's not life and death it's you can be opinionated about players and just like or dislike, like I didn't like Adrian Dantley's game, but you know what he should. But, but my favorite, my favorite category is field goal percentage. Do you know what his lifetime field goal percentage was? High fifties, fifty four. I mean, oh, that's that, amazing. That's amazing because those guys are taking long twos. But he, he Dantley, I didn't like his game. Right. You know whose game I liked? Who shot forty eight percent for Mark Aguirre? Yeah, they because were traded had, for each other. Yes, they were, and he had a, he had a soft touch, and I liked him at DePaul. But he also was a tougher guy than Dantley. Like Aguirre. I don't, know. I don't know what he was. I know obviously Isaiah liked him more, but what's uh, your favorite? I can talk NBA for a long time. I want to do some NBA. What, I, just I, how about you do this? Yeah. Why don't you host for a little bit and do some NBA stuff? Let me let me just ask you something. Sure. Where you're from and did you grow up with the team and what was that team? Okay. I was born in Hartford, Connecticut. That's okay. why Bristol, I didn't have as hard of a time with it. Okay. And then I moved out to Martha's Vineyard. So I was basically a Boston fan across the board, but I had this weird thing where the first time I became basketball aware was 82, 83. And that was that amazing Sixers team. And it was Dr. J and Moses Malone. So you weren't following it that much in the seventies? Well, I was four up until- Well, you look, okay, we look close to the same age, but we're not. We're not, okay, we're not. Kidding. I was joking. <laughs> uh, I was you look so good, I wasn't even insulted, Craig. Yeah. Um, and I almost wore my tight t-shirt too, to show off my guns, but I did. I, I had a different I, outfit. I, I opted not I had to. a different outfit on. I always think it's funny because I didn't know you were built until I saw a picture of you on Instagram. And it's like, have you ever seen like, like Ryan Reynolds has a six pack and then Hank Azaria? It's just, yeah. it's but just those guys like, are all smaller than me. Yeah. Like I'm not impressed by their six pack. If I wanted to get down to 180, I think, fine, it's, I think it's funny. Uh, I mean, if I really wanted to spend that much time in the gym. Right. And instead, like. If you were to do that and you're picking out sconces instead, by the way, you, you tell me whose time is spent better. By the way, we're going to talk NBA. You never, you never have paused a podcast, have you? There's no reason to pause. We could. But, but here's my thing. I want to talk NBA. I was just reminded of something where you can help and weigh in on a story that's good, but it has to do with weightlifting. Okay. okay? All right. 
And the other thing I want to say, as I look over at Kyle, is people misuse the term name drop all the time. Like if so, I'm sometimes you give it context. Yeah. If I have a good story and a famous person is at it, it's not a name drop. Right. You're giving it context. I agree with, thank and you. And the one guy who can name drop is a former late night host. So this involves Jerry Seinfeld, who I'm a big fan of. Friends? But, no, no. I, I don't know. I've met him a couple of times. But if I'm in the wrong, I want you to tell me, this is about the, 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 the category is weight room etiquette. I played basketball in Montana State. Led, led the big sky in turnovers, could shoot and pass, blah, blah, blah. And Rocky Gullickson was the strength coach for the football team and the basketball team. And I, even though I'm a, uh, I'm an ectomorph. Okay. My brother's a mesomorph. You know, these body types or not. The, the, the there's the, there's the, I can't wait to read more about the it. endomorph is the chubby guy. I think the ectomorph is the skinny guy where nothing really happens when Sinewy? I. Sinewy? Well, I, sinewy seems probably a little too. The, the mesomorph is perfect because, and you should look these up in case I get it mixed up. But the, my brother was a mesomorph, so if he did curls, his biceps would bulge, and if I do curls, I just get tired. Nothing happens, so I'm slender, that Tom Chambers kind of way. Yeah, you know? but you age better that way. Yeah. I bet you whatever door if you yeah whatever it was again. So so. I've been lifting weights, even though it does not look that way, my entire life. We had the the uh, Charles Atlas book and and uh, kick sand in your face, and we did a lot of. Are you still using that book? Could that be no, an issue? I just hike and walk, but but I used to go to the weight room, and I was I was well versed in the weight room, even though I I did squats and 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 Rocky Gullickson at Montana State said, "Wow, you you do you know you do your stuff, you do your you do your workouts, you know what you're doing." And I remember what I could bench with, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, feel free to share a number. We I love think that. it was 145. I can't. Or was it 240? I don't remember. 245 <laughs> plates is 135. I don't remember what it was now. But if you threw on a couple fives, no, no, yeah. I don't remember what it was now. Would, okay. would it have been 240 or 140? I'm, that's a big difference. It is. I, I can't remember what 140 what? seems a little. But your long arm guy is that low? Yeah, it's very low. Because then it's not. Then it wasn't that. What would what would it have been? Probably well. I, I would arch my back. Were you strong? I was, I had a big, I had huge pectoral. <laughs> had? I don't understand why there's so much presence. I, uh, but let me get to this. I don't, I'm going to say, let's just put a, let's put a 200 on it. But you know, it's okay, a lot I of think the I, 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 it was too, yeah, I think I did 225 is the four plates. I think I did 225. I thought I did 240, but. If, we can go across if, the street to the Equinox. If I, I arched my back, which you're not supposed to do. Well, they do it a lot now though. You'd okay. be surprised. So it was, it was over, I thought it was 240, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was, it was 240. Yeah. I'm going to put it down in the books as 240. I'm going to add to your Wikipedia right now. Bench um, press 240 at Montana State. All right. I, I have to ask my brother. He'll tell me. But Rocky would work out. Rocky was buff. Rocky Gullickson. And, and then it, you, do, you do sets and then you have a 30 second wait before the next set. And, and Rocky, he would allow me, he would come over and talk to me, maybe to, to, to uh, relax during his 30 seconds. He liked me. He would talk to me. He loved my scoop passes off the dribble. He called me scoop because I would do these pistol Pete passes off the dribble. And then he'd go back into his workout. So the fact that he did that between sets, I wasn't interrupting him. So I knew I had 30 seconds and he, he was not bothered by that. Is that sacrilege to, to walk up to someone during their set between sets and ask them a quick question and make a quick comment? I think that relationship for player, athletic guy, you know, your trainer, not a huge deal. It's really on the other person. Like I, at the gym that I'm at, 
I'll be asked a lot of sports questions like, hey, what do you think of the Lakers right. or whatever? And I'll I'll have kind of like an inner clock. And then once I feel like the person's interfering with what I'm trying to do, yeah, I just kind of go like, yeah, I you don't, I'm back to work. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I would never in a million years when someone is lifting, you would that's you would never inter, <laughs> interrupt someone while they're doing a set. So fast forward years ago, year fast forward, I'm in New York. I, I'm at the doing the Daily Show. I'm at Reebok Health Center. Seinfeld is there. We chatted once in a while about the finals. It was the Jazz and the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why didn't they foul him? Why did they let Pippen dribble out the clock? What's going on here? You know, yeah. he would. And so <laughs> was I. Was that your Seinfeld? No, I don't do Seinfeld. I do James Mason. I I do um, Christian Bale and, and Ford versus Ferrari. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man, Ferrari. Right? Oh, man, Ferrari. Uh, it's so, so good. So. Do more of it. So I I had just gotten the job, the CBS job, Daily Show. And Seinfeld is working out with a trainer and he's standing and doing something in the corner. And I waited for his set to be finished. And I walked over to him. I said, hi. He knew who you were? Yeah, he had already, yeah, he had already, he had already chatted for a few months. Yeah, it was fine. I, and he's, and I didn't, I said, hi, he goes, congratulations. He had heard, he goes, congratulations on the new gig. Make sure you take dance, dance, dance with you. That's what he said. And that was it. I just wanted to say hi. I was happy that I got the gig. I just wanted to shake the man's hand. who's fairly, fairly brilliant. And yeah, he does. Yeah. Things are pretty good for him. And then a, like a day later, I'm doing, I'm on a curl, those curl machines. I'm sculpting and he walks over to me during my set. While you're mid curl, yes. I, I think I, he, I think he can get away with it. No, but it, he, I think he did it to say you interrupted my workout. I'm going to interrupt yours, and I wanted to say I don't think growing up in Jersey, even though I'm a skinny kid, you didn't spend any time. I I know weight room etiquette, so don't. So I just shook him off. I yeah, I did, I said yeah, I just nodded and kept sculpting. I wish we could have captured so the question the dismissiveness of the nod. By be, the way, because that he just yeah, I was just because now the pro, the point is I will gladly apologize if I was wrong. I just want people people to know where I'm coming from. If Rocky Gullickson allows me between sets to say hi, I can do that with Mr. Seinfeld. This is a long. We're talking a twenty plus year beef here, and I don't know that it's not the world, a beef. It's more of a. I'll admit my mistake. If yeah, you, I'll admit my mistake. So this whole time, I was a little. I was somewhat excited, somewhat excited that I got in CBS gig. Somewhat. Okay, we have more with Craig here, including uh, one of my favorite stories that he's told me: the Kevin Costner story, and also Jason Bateman. So good stuff there. Today's podcast is sponsored by ADT Commercial for Business. ADT Commercial serves businesses ranging from mid-size organizations to large-scale enterprises. Think of them as a special team who has one focus, your business security. They provide a comprehensive line of security, fire, life safety, and risk management solutions, professional-grade systems for commercial-grade businesses. With ADT Commercial, every day is game day. Fortune 1000 companies rely on ADT Commercial for highly complex, scalable, integrated solutions that help solve their unique business challenges. If you're looking for a partner to upgrade or take over the monitoring and service of your current system, ADT Commercial can help to painlessly install and maintain large-scale and multi-site businesses. They make it easy to switch providers. Their onboarding is predictable, dependable, and painless schedule a no obligation security review with ADT commercial for business. No pain. That's good in sports and good in business security. Visit ADT.com forward slash game day to learn more. That's ADT.com forward slash game day. Was there ever a, uh, there has to have been, cause I've had a few of them, but you become numb to it when you just, when you're in the circles that we run with. 
was there the first, wow, this is like a pretty crazy moment out a night out on the town from either a guest, someone famous. Cause like, I feel like, you know, there was a younger version of you that. Well, you that, mean, are yeah. you, well, I don't, give me your best famous guy story. You, you what, are you, what are you talking about? You're talking about someone I'm just coming saying, up like to you me. Had, you, you had somebody on the show. You kept in touch. You met out with them. Um, I, I'm not sure where you're going. There are a lot. I have a lot of good stories. I don't know which one, what you're referring to. What's I'll, your favorite story I'll give about you one, yourself? I'll give you one that's, I just think, funny. Okay. That comes to mind. So this is not, this is not what you're asking for, but you'll like it. It's a, it's a slug. Okay. I trust you. We had a uh, we had a very small writing staff at the CBS show. We had seven writers. With me, it was eight, and but we had we we they were talented, and uh, there was a guy who remained nameless just to protect him, and he had um, the rare good-looking writer. No, I'm kidding. He was he he was he did well with the ladies. I think is what I was told, and he was dating a blonde who had gone out with. Um, uh, I keep wanting to say Kevin. Um, uh, no way out, uh, Bull Durham, um, Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner. Right. Sorry. I thought you were going to say maybe Kevin Brown, no, no. Yankees. I'm sorry. No, this is, I keep staring at Kyle. <laughs> so, uh, so the guy didn't like that, didn't like that she had dated Kevin Costner, the writer. So I was getting all prior the, to him d dating yes, her. Yes. That's wow. my so understanding. He, he was a big resume guy. Previous, I, I, previous I get, job. That's guy. my understanding. It's just because I've been, I, I've been called, I've been called that I've been guilty. of So that I've been getting, I get, I get all these Kevin Costner jokes about how his movies are losing money and all this kind of stuff. All the, what a, all this water world jokes, all this stuff. <laughs> And I'm not necessarily using them because they don't, it's just, they're forced. And I just, but, but he, then, was he doing this out of spite? I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't find, I don't care. I just, I thought it was funny. Dude, this is hilarious. So then, then lo and behold, it was uh, Kevin Costner's birthday and we would do celebrity jokes in the monologue. So the, I used his joke that day and it was, um, Hey, celebrity, happy birthday to Kevin Costner. He's turned, he turns 46 today. And his friends threw him a surprise birthday party, and somehow that lost $10 million. <laughs> so then, fast forward. This guy's unbelievable. Fast forward. Yeah. An hour later, I'm at the Polo Lounge having dinner and drinks. Kevin Costner walks by. I've met him before. He's never done the show. And he says, now the, the show has not aired because they, it's going to air at 1230. He hasn't seen the show yet tonight. So he run, he comes by and he says, hey, Craig. And I didn't know that we were trying to get him on the show. He goes, I promise I'll do your show. Your booker keeps calling. I'll promise you. I said, no problem. <laughs> and that was that. And I'm thinking, let's hope he doesn't watch the show tonight. But Did you but, ever get him on? No, no, we never did get him on. There were, I did a lot of celebrity jokes and it, it offended uh, a lot of, he, he could care less, by the way. He's one of those guys that could care less. That's some, good to hear. Some of the guys yeah. are, are more sensitive than others. Uh, do you have one that you can share where a guy really was upset with you and maybe to this day? Yeah, there, I'm not going to, I don't think I'll share it except to say I'm a, there are certain guys, um, well, it could be cathartic, but I'll, I'll just say this. He's very talented and I'm a fan of his and that's Jason Bateman. And, and he's I, on fire. Like think how long his career is. But I've always thought like he was talented, but yeah. I made the mistake of doing a joke and I didn't know. And it's funny because I was, I was, um, doing the daily show. And I was at, out here at the sunset marquee for some promotion, but I was staying at the sunset marquee, which is, you probably don't know. It's the rock and roll hotel and it's a very cool hotel. So this is in the nineties. 
and Jason Bateman, who's wearing leather pants, hot leather, like purple leather pants, comes up and says, Kilborn, you're the man. I love you. This is what I'm doing the Daily Show. And that was fun. And then fast forward, I do the Late Late Show on CBS. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor does the show for Arrested Development. Portia de Rossi does the show and says, Plays I'm, Michael's sister. I'm glad I'm doing the show. You know, Jason told me not to do the show. Uh, I said, why? He goes, you did a joke about it. I go, was it about his leather pants? Because that's my only memory. And she said, no, no, no. You did something on your first show. So I go, oh, I'm sorry. So I look back. And in fact, I did a joke, which I regret. And I know why I did it. Um, the, one of our, we had such a small writing staff. And this writer pitched it. I was doing these jokes where I said, first show, I said, we have a commitment. We're going to get the big names. We're going to get the Steve Gutenbergs. Like I was doing these jokes and what somebody pitched Jason Bateman and it made the writers laugh. So I used it and I shouldn't have. Do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I apologize, yeah. but I think he's very, he's incredibly talented and I'm a fan. And you know, what I'll tell you something else. I don't, I obviously don't care. I'll be nice. I mean, if I saw him, I would apologize and tell him, but I can still be a fan without, you know, caring what they think. I, I don't do this. That would, that would always be kind of like one of my things is, is doing the show with Scott and you would be in the presence of this famous person and they would come by. But I was always a very like, kind of want to get through the BS. And if there was something topical or maybe there was something that needed to be asked, like you have to ask the question that needs to be asked all the time. And I would, I would do some of that stuff. And I, I think it would make others around me uncomfortable. But my thing was like, Hey, there's a really good chance if they, if I hadn't asked that, I wasn't going to summer with the guy. Like he, <laughs> right. we weren't going to become friends. If I did the nice version of the interview where it was, it was comfortable because like that guy looks at me a certain way. And right. it's, it's rare that just because you interview people for a living and now your location stuff, like you have, you've done both coasts. You clearly were always trying to come back to California and do all that. I kind do of stuff. like, I do. I grew up in the Midwest. I, we do, um, fantasize about the what go west young man the west coast yeah i did I it like, my whole life and it's not just la it's the entire state of of i lived in san francisco carmel by the sea when i worked in local tv in salinas monterey santa cruz the 110 market i gotta do a, a to-do list of the coast and just do that drive yeah. when i have a little spare time because you can just vacation in your own backyard is yeah what the t-shirt says out here was but, that a good was that a good story the uh the costner and bateman ones i love Okay, the but Costner I, I one was pretty good. I'm always accused of like liking you so much. I, I'm not getting that yet. I, I thought there'd be more fawning. I, I did. I You just are somebody my entire life. You could do the least and it would make me laugh. Right. Like one of my favorite lines that you had was it was, I don't even know if you remember this, but it was a lead into like a White Sox highlight. <laughs> so you're probably not going to remember it. And you go, <laughs> you know, we all remember our first glove. You know, dad. <laughs> broke it in for you you put a couple baseballs in it at night and wrap it try to break it in or maybe it was that guy that hung out at the park that oh, wasn't married I, I was and that's like you couldn't even do that today i was, I was uh, there was a, a a prominent manager in hollywood jimmy miller who used to talk about those jokes that i you're alluding to i'm not going to say the word and and yes i i i just I, the old guy that's down at the park who would linger and <laughs> And I was at home oh my God. watching that. And I'm, you know, college oh age God. at that point. And uh, I'm dying because I go, how? Because Scott he, Ackerson didn't do his job. I'm like, That's why. How did 
he write that lead into a White Sox highlight? And that's what I think you can look back on it and go, well, that's who this guy was. This is this is who he was going to be. I thought I was going to sneeze. Oh, this is exciting. Wow. This has been a long hour and a half. <laughs> Not even an hour. Um, so back to the NBA, you like Chris Paul. And I, and I, and I, and I read that yesterday and I have a theory on Chris Paul. I thought Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons was, was one of the greatest players of all time. Underrated. He is underrated historically. Yeah, better than John Stockton, in my opinion. But I liked him because he was clutch. And obviously his reputation, you know, Jordan didn't like him, blah, blah, blah. But there was a special on when when the the year that Iverson was the MVP, they had this special on ABC and a roundtable saying, is is Iverson the greatest little man of all time? And I was like, it's it's Isaiah Thomas. And I I think they were saying six feet and under. I'm not sure what what they meant by little man. Which is funny because I don't know any basketball player that's around 5'10 that hasn't rounded up to six feet. Yes. And thank God that panel that day said it's Isaiah Thomas, the greatest little man. I mean, he's, he could pass, he could shoot. He was clutch. He was amazing. And now Chris Paul to me is tough as nails. He's a very good defender. He does shoot a very high field goal percentage for a guard for today's world. Yeah. Yeah. And he can pass. And I just think, so obviously I'm not going to compare the two, but I am. I don't care for James Harden, James Harden's game. I like Chris Paul as a better, he's a better basketball player. I mean, he's, he's a hall of famer. He's better. I'm sure James Harden is too, but I could, James Harden. James Harden's going to make the hall of fame. I know that, but yeah. he bores me. Um, have he, you, so you haven't listened to Bill and I talk about the Rockets at all. Never. We are probably two of the most despised people in Houston because we've already done this segment. I came out last what summer. Is it? What is it? I just came out last summer. I said, I hope they never win a thing. I can't oh, stand yeah. watching you. Yeah. It's it, well, the, yeah, it's just, it, he dribbles. It's just like, what's going on here? So who Jay- are your favorites today? Like, who do you like? What kind of questions do you go, Craig? Like, if you were going to interview a follow-up and it was just a sports interview of you doing an interview with yourself again, it was all sports questions. What questions would you ask yourself? What a creative brain this Manhattan Beach tequila drinker has. I'm just guessing tequila. Go over here. Oh, oh yeah. be I, yourself, man. Don't follow me. I'll, you you well, ever have Chopin? <laughs> You ever have Chopin? No, but I can get you a Kilbourne bottle that says it on the Belvedere bottle. Oh, really? If you want. You, yeah. you have? Is that a sponsor? Yeah, we can get you. We can get okay. you hooked up with the people at Belvedere. Okay. Um, I think the night I sent you my shirts off pick that was that was a night of you know, a couple <laughs> Belvedere's. <laughs> I just wanted you to know. What, I was what like ma- saying to my wife, "What do you What do you think of this guy? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle this?" <laughs> but anyways, um, so let's see who do I like. I'll tell you the good thing is before the Timberwolves came into existence for 20 years, I was an NBA fan. So my first favorite player, we didn't have a team. My first favorite player was Walt Clyde Frazier. My dad was a Knicks fan. And then I discovered Dr. J. Julius Irving. Everybody thinks Larry Bird is my favorite player. It was Dr. That seems racist. It was Dr. J. Julius Irving. And do you know Dr. J's middle name? You shouldn't. Julius Winfield Irving II. His wife, of course, was turquoise. These are the kind of things I memorized. Julius Winfield? Winfield. Winfield, like David Winfield. William Felton Russell. Wilton, Wilt Norman Chamberlain. All these guys. So uh, you asked me who I like now. Um, If I had my choice, this this is kind of weird because I didn't like the... uh, Kobe Shaq Lakers. I thought Sacramento was a better team. I like the way they played. I like their off their offense. That Sacramento team is one of the great, like fun teams because that they, they is only remembered by like hardcore people that were in. Yeah, there. because if people say, you know, they they would shoot these 
three-pointers. But in their half-court offense, when you can get a layup on those Pete Carell backdoor cuts, I love that. So they would mix in backdoor cuts. and So I just, well, while I didn't care for the Shaq Kobe Lakers, I do uh, begrudgingly admit that the Lakers, Showtime Lakers with Magic, is probably the greatest team of all time. I'd like to say the Bird Celtics, but I'll just say being objective. I, I tend to root against, I root for the underdogs. I root against, so I rooted against the Bulls in the 90s. I root against, but I might, I like LeBron a lot. I have a, you know, a little issue with his, his shot, but I think. Why, what is this about LeBron's shot that's bothering you? Because I would say well, in the beginning of his career, but that's, that's one of the great improvements. Well, it's not, here, here, he's a playmaker. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of volume shooters, the Iversons of the world. And he, he's not, he's a playmaker. And he is clutch. People don't think he is. He misses some free throws. But it, it, as far as his shot, I just think he should tuck his elbow a little more. And, you know, but some guys are like so confident in their jump shots, like Sam Cassell, like just these, some of these ball players, like Mark Price and downtown Freddie Brown, feathery shots. But I, 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 I do like LeBron. One of the things I think is, is interesting is these other guys, as they do all the dancing, He'll just drive and people will bounce off of him. <laughs> he's still. So, he's so strong. I mean, some of these drives still when we're so, talking this yeah. far into his so career. He, he should, he's in the conversation, in my opinion, with Jordan as the greatest, whoever the greatest. Uh, I used to do a joke years ago that if I'm drinking, I'll, I'll say Tim Duncan's the greatest player of all time. Because I love Duncan. I, I loved his game. But um, but when you're sober, you don't like his game No, as I much. do. I just, I, I don't think it's, he, he's an amazing player. He is. Uh, he, he's never mentioned with any of those other guys. I know. That's and, the thing. That's, and it's like, well, wait a minute. What's the constant there for 20 years? Because he doesn't, the playoffs, I, right? because in the last two minutes he, or the last 10 seconds, he doesn't go between his legs and yeah. do the gyrations and all this kind of stuff. People are seduced by some of this. Yeah, we love the wing guys in the conversation. And, uh, but the one other thing about LeBron is in that, that series against Golden State, the first time Golden State won with Steph, they, they uh, Kyrie was out and Kevin Love was out. And it was a six-game series. And it's the first time I've ever heard they're going to give the MVP to the losing team, to LeBron. I, he dominated so much. So I think he's, uh, he's great. And, I, and I, might, I think I want him to win another championship. Have you gone to a and Lakers game? He plays game? for the Lakers. Therefore, have, have you been to a Lakers game in a while? Uh, yeah, I went, uh, I, I went this year when they played the Timberwolves because people give me tickets to the Timberwolves. They can't give them away to anybody else, apparently. <laughs> was it you and Lizzo? That was Lizzo was yeah, there, right? that's correct. Yeah. You, Straight across you, from that. Do you know her at all? Or? No. No. That was an interesting night for Lizzo. Yeah. I imagine you had, you were wearing pants. Yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> you had slacks. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Are you checking the time? No, no, Did no. Did you just fade no, on No, no, no. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking. Don't you hate it when you look at your phone and then somebody's <laughs> like, hey, and we're like, no, we all look at our phone. I do it to Bill all the time. He's like, oh, you're checking your phone now. Um. What was I going to say about, uh, so I, who do I like? I, I, there's a guy that I love. Uh, it's very difficult to get players for the Timberwolves, you know, up there, talented players. So I like the D'Angelo Russell trade, even if Towns and D'Angelo Russell, it's, it's. Well, they're buddies. That's their thing. I understand. So now Towns but is you, happier. You don't understand. Larry Bird said, I can't get, I can't win a championship in the Pacers. I can't get these guys to stay. I can't get these guys up here. It's difficult. And I just glad that we have Carl Towns. He's talented. He's flawed. He's going to keep working on his game. These, you know, we're going to keep trying. What, what's frustrating is, you know, is Jarrett Culver going to learn how to shoot? We sixth pick, 
you don't get the sixth pick every year. No. Clay Thompson was the 11th pick, but look, now we're going to get some picks this year, and it's not a good draft. So it's very, very difficult. And you traded some picks in this <clears throat> deal, too. Yes. So, but I, I thought of something, and I bounce it off you. You know how you need a couple, two or three superstars? Sure. Tell me about the Denver Nuggets. Maybe that's a way to go. Do they have two or three superstars? The way uh, Jokic and Murray have been playing the last month or so, it's it's off the charts. But I, we did a little bit of a breakdown. I've been thought as an as an anti-Denver guy, and, and it's a long-standing theory that I have in sports. New is really hard to accept. New, it's very hard for us before you've done it to go, hey, the this team that's never done it before, right. I'm banking on you to do this and break through. Now, right. eventually, like somebody new breaks through and does it, but it's maybe it's harder for me. Maybe other people are better at it. Um, but Denver... With those two players, it's it's great. But then I see like a handful of other guys in their top eight minutes, and I I just don't I don't love it. Right, I don't. And well, the Wolves just took two bench players, Hernan Gomez, Juancho Hernan Gomez. What a what a name! And, I always kind of liked Malik him Beasley. a little bit. Yeah, I I it's now judgment time because they're both restricted free agents. We can sign them or not sign them. I say we. I'm kidding. It's the Timberwolves organization. Yeah, but I can't imagine they wouldn't reach out. I don't. What's that? I can't imagine they wouldn't reach out just to, to what? get your thoughts. Oh. Um, there's some truth to that back in the day, but I'll, um, what do you think of this? They, uh, <laughs> a friend this of mine, hassle, do we extend him crack? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, that did happen years ago, actually. But anyways, um, so, so, uh, maybe that maybe the wolves can uh, get some other ball players in there and, and, uh, but as far as winning a championship, um, uh, I think Phil Jackson said our society is obsessed with, winning. And let me tell you, one of my absolute favorite players in the NBA for a number of years, I don't believe he'll ever win a championship, but he's still, you know, I love him. It's Dame time. Damian Lillard. Yeah. That guy is so much fun to watch. I love the way he pulls up. I love how smooth he is. Are you at home just watching the pack? Like, do you have the NBA package? I have the NBA you- package. And let me just, let me just say something. I, I, this is dramatic. I have never in my life paid for an NBA ticket to go to a game. I've gone to many, many, many games. I get tickets. I would never pay for one either. I don't need to because I like watching at home. I don't care what the price is on the NBA League Pass. I'll pay it. So there's a little bit of a contradiction. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. I, it's like it's, we do get a little spoiled. It's too much fun to watch the NBA League Pass. Now, that being said, I was actually going to ask you, do you... I don't, I've watched way too much basketball in my life. Years ago, my friend wanted to go out as a Saturday night. I said, I got to watch the Wolves. And he says, you're the only one that cares about this game. And it was during the Randy Foy, Al Jefferson years. They'd be in every game in the fourth quarter and then lose. And A lot of post-ups. That was 20 (laughs) post-ups a game. I was just looking up Al's numbers the other day. And uh, I bet you liked Al Jefferson a lot. I liked Randy Foy a little bit, but. You know, if they hadn't, they they drafted Foy uh, instead of Brandon Roy. They they drafted Brandon Roy and then they traded him. Yeah. If they kept Brandon Roy, KG would have stayed. KG would have they would have made the playoffs probably. KG would have never gotten traded to Boston and won a championship. Yeah, but it all worked out. Roy's knee wasn't going to. KG all, yes. would have been. It, it all worked out. But uh, do you have to watch a lot of games? I do. I watch nonstop. I have a lot of ex girlfriends. Yeah, I can't. Tell uh, me that, uh, I watch a lot of Turner classic movies. I watched Papillon last night with Steve McQueen. I'd never seen it. You had never seen it. I've never I just seen watched Papillon. it for the first time yeah. like two years ago. Okay, that's a long. That's two and a half hours. Long movie, and yeah. it, and I don't know. Talk about persistence. <laughs> yeah, 
I don't want spoiler alert. You know, I know it came out 40 years ago, but uh, Papillon is a big deal when it right. came out in the theaters. I was telling your friend, Silent Elves, right. I believe. I was, right? I'm going to name a few movies. I, I, I was telling a friend the other day and he goes, you just watched, uh, this is from the seventies with Robert Redford, three days of the condor. You ever seen it? I haven't seen oh, that it's one. a good movie. Uh, here's, here's down. one that's, Hey, mark that Kyle. So I don't, here's one that we've all seen. And I think it's, it's one of those, uh, the I, IMDB has these ratings and everything over, you know, all the Hitchcock movies are over eight. And then if it's over, it's, if it's seven or above, it's, it's, it's good. But this is one that's 6.8, which is, should be a 7.1. The Firm, Tom Cruise, Gene Hackman. You ever seen it? Multiple times. Love is The it, Firm. It's great, right? It is great. Yeah. It really, it's just a well-executed deal. I'd read the book. All right. Um, but the, the little trick at the end to have Cruz go in and, you know, whenever I'm watching a movie, as you understand, it's just two writers hanging out. Right. You're going, okay, well, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know, what are they just going to kill everybody? You know, right. that ending. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. We've right. got a little clever here. And Cruz yeah. is going to visit the mafia guys. Yeah. And then he pulls the old tax switcheroo on yeah. him. And you're like, you know what? I like that. I was yeah. watching Parasite the other night and I go, okay, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do? So I have it. I have the, I have the uh, DVD. I want to watch it. The screen. A parasite? Yeah. I haven't seen I have, it. Oh, I, I want to say anything. Okay. Great. Perfect. I watch a lot, I watch a lot of old film noir movies. It, uh, it seems very on brand for you, so this is not a surprise. Dark Passage, Lauren Bacall, Humphrey Bogart, but also some of the Chinatown is considered a film noir. Sunset Boulevard, etc. Uh, back to the NBA. What would you like to know? Anything you want to know? Your game. Giannis bores me. He's a great player. Giannis bores you? Yeah, he's a skinny guy. He stretches and dunks, you know. That seems a little dismissive. I know. I'm just, I'm just, there are things that I, I don't. I love how you say you were always rooting for the underdog, yet we're talking about charcuterie and, <laughs> and I, I, a loafer. So Walt, that doesn't seem like as, an underdog kind of guy. As Walt Whitman said, do I contradict myself? Yes, I'm complex. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I uh, the finer things in life, but I do like, I really, oh, I've got, I, I, yeah. I like, uh, uh, Josh Okogi. He plays with heart. That guy is so, you know, he's an inconsistent shooter, but he really, I like guys that play. Corey Brewer played with a lot of heart. Yeah. Corey, Corey Brewer is a nice, he ended up kind of bouncing around a little bit, but yeah. it, you always felt like a guy that you'd want on your team. What? He made Corey. a play that I've never seen ever anyone make. And he was in the corner and the ball was going out of bounds and he jumped and threw it off the guy, tried to throw it off the guy but the guy caught it inbounds and Corey fell in the front row was at the end line, jumped back in to get a jump ball. Cause the guy had the ball like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, just different stuff that it's, other guys. It's, aren't it's, if about. you saw, like Mon Marcus Smart if you saw me in a Montana him. state practice, that was not me. I'm kidding. What, this would be a good exercise. Which player were you most like when you were at Montana? State? I don't know. Cause I was a little like pistol Pete where I could, I was stylish. And uh, I could rebound and uh, I could pass. I mean, I made passes that I, I joke that- Some people didn't see. That right. only only a few guys, maybe Jason Kidd at Cal could make and those kind of, you know, just difficult passes. Yeah, I'd heard that. I'd heard. Uh, so if you were at ESPN, what kind of, even though it was not necessarily a game, what kind of player were you? Like a, like a maybe a, a Steven Jackson where you signed the contract, I want out of here, maybe difficult. You mean, what do you mean by that? I was trying to think of you as an employee NBA player analogy at your different stops. So not oh. just your game, but like what kind of guy were you in the locker room? Oh, Crystal. I, well, when I was at, e, when I was at ESPN, I didn't say much. I remember one of the producers came out of a meeting and said, you know what? You never complained. 
you never complain and you just do your job, which I thought was nice because I didn't, I just, I wasn't going to resign. I, I was just going to. That's pretty admirable because yeah. uh, I know that I was, I eventually, I think part of the reason I left the show was like, Hey, all these things that you don't like, are you just going to do this for four more years? And complain I, yeah, I'm not a it? big complainer. It's like, yeah, like I complained. Like much. when I did CBS, there was an outside layer Letterman's production company, but they can do whatever they want because they own the show. So they're allowed to do that. Yeah. And I'm allowed to leave. There it is. You know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't, complaining doesn't do it. It's like, do whatever you want. I'm, I'm ecstatic over here. That's a really hard thing to do. And it's very impressive. Seriously, yeah. to just be like, I'm not going to complain. There was a guy I, I ran into, an acquaintance, not a friend. Okay. I, I say that because someone might say, well, he's your friend. He's just, no, I barely knew the guy. And it was after I had uh, left the late night show. And he, and he, he goes, Hey, that's uh, pretty, pretty amazing what you did. I said, yeah, I guess a lot of people wouldn't do that. He goes, no one else would do it, Craig. I took it as a compliment. And you should. And, and that's, and I'm going to, cause I know I could do this all day and I have just an honor. How long years. has it been? If and when we're does, just, we're just and when over, does Kyle get to say something? We're just over an hour. We'll let Kyle ask. Cause I was going to do five questions with you at the end. Is that okay? okay? Uh, every morning DJ has done it. No, no. Or, no just By kidding. the way, I was when you kidding. did LA Today, which was one of the worst interviews I've ever seen Oh, <laughs> when you were, you were promoting the Kilborn Files. And this is where I really, I think it would have to be years of watching you, where it was, it was Steve, it was, I think it was Jillian, and there was somebody else. And they, they talked over you the entire interview. And it was unbelievable. Well, it's hard. I think it's hard show. because you got three people and they all are excited. They to, were very excited. To it touch a, the natural hose. Yeah. I'm just that, kidding. But so this is where I was, I was trying to explain to one of my friends about you because they knew I was excited to do this, but it was, I go, I watched this interview as I'm sitting there watching film. I'm going to watch break. I'm going to break Craig down here. They were so annoying and they were ruining it. There was right. no conversation. Right. They were talking over you the whole time. And then finally they're like, well, hey, let's tell us about your show, Craig. And you go, well, you know, I have this, this sidekick and. You know, and they were like, how is she? What's her deal? And you go, well, you know, I think her job is to talk over me most of the time. And oh, did I say that? Oh. And it was, oh. it was just superbly delivered. Not one oh. of the hosts even remotely picked up on it. And it was you. And it made me realize, like, this is the level that you're playing at, that you made fun of all three of them to their face for what they were doing to you. And not one of them picked up. And you didn't really even crack that much of a smile. One of the greatest moments of my life. No, I don't remember that, but that's funny. I know you didn't remember. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. You should go back and watch it. So let's let's end on this, unless you want to end on anything you want to do. I do want to say one. Okay, I'm going to do. You're going to play five, right? I'm going to do five. I wanted to say something about the NBA. So we have to accept the three point shot, right? We have to accept that Popovich like doesn't like it. Looks like it's going to stick like, around. Yeah. But I think one of the reasons I don't like it is you, you're probably a numbers guy, but there is a number. I don't know if it's 34, percent but if you shoot 34 percent from threes and 50 from twos, you'll, you'll, you'll score more shooting 34%. So as a guy who likes perfection, I'd, I'd rather see a team shoot 50%, you know, and if you took away the three point, throw three point line, then guys like Anthony Davis and these guys would completely dominate underneath. It would, I, I'm not in love with the three point shot, but that's life. You know what I'm saying? I used to think it was a very outdated thing. Like, oh, okay, you're one of those when you don't like right. the three-point shot. But the three-point shot, this was not the intent. This was not Correct. the intent to completely change everything. It's like right. a foul right now, the offensive fouls. Like we saw Kyle Lowry taking offensive fouls, and this isn't an anti-Kyle Lowry thing, even though people know that I'm not a huge fan. of. I respect his game while also being incredibly annoyed 
uh, the entire time I watch him. I mean, he's not, Kyle Lowry's the opposite of Craig Kilborn out on the court when we talk about complaining. Like, you wouldn't even fit in today's NBA. They'd be like, why isn't this yeah, guy arguing I, no, for I calls? Yeah, I saw them. Uh, yeah. But he took a charge. That was not a charge in the way we grew up right. with a charge. Like, the goal wasn't to run and stop in front of the other guy running. Right. And he still was even moving on that one. Um, and that's that's the stuff where I go, the way the three-pointer was, it was supposed to be this extra thing that was a little bit exciting. Yes, exactly. not. <laughs> it was supposed to be Louis Dampier shooting them in the ABA, and then it got out of hand. Just, just turned into a monster. The math guys. Yes. The math guys messed it up. Can I end on yes. just a final thing and then we'll do five questions? Because yes, the other part about that LA Today interview that was hilarious is Dee was, was like, hey, uh, you know, you, you're doing five questions, your thing there. And you were like, yeah. And then he goes, so did you steal that from a French guy? <laughs> he again? accused you of stealing. He goes, this French guy, he did four questions. Was that, was that? I never, I didn't know. I don't remember. It that. was unbelievable. I don't he, know. he accused you of stealing oh. the segment. Um, in there, but I think, I think the all encompassing thing, the thing, you know, and check out Craig on, on Instagram is that, as you said, with the guy, the acquaintance who stopped you and said, no one else would do it. People always think something's wrong with you when you do the thing right. nobody else would do. And that has become the fascination with you. Right. So it's well, I like being, you can, I did, you know, creatively is the number one reason I just, it, yeah, the also the late night show obviously isn't set up. Letterman's not setting up to groom his successor, understandably. But I also didn't want to do, like I've said before, that comedy I lost interest in, pop culture comedy. I don't want to do social commentary because I'm very pragmatic. I can fix things. <laughs> I can fix things, but you don't want to hear my fixes. I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, so it was just, it was very cathartic. I'm just, I'm just glad I was able to do it. But that's, I think, the lesson in all of this is, but that, I'm, oh, is, it, is that people will go, go ahead. You're excited right now. I'm going to tell you a story. Sitting in my, I, I used to live in the Hollywood Hills, beautiful 1929 Spanish. I don't family. doubt it. And an acquaintance came over. And my acquaintance is moody. He's a moody person. I'm protecting him. And he's a little, do you guys know, uh, I was going to say, Ryan Gosling. No, no, you don't know you don't know his name. Um I can't uh, remember the I can't guessing? remember the historical figure anyways. Um uh but anyways, um Toulouse Lautrec. He's a so he's a he's a uh he, he was a, a short gentleman who uh, not nearly as talented as Toulouse Lautrec. But I just I exhale, I was having my coffee, I go, oh God, I'm so happy. And he said, if you were really happy, you wouldn't have to say uh, it. And I said, I break a lot of rules. And then I said, go fetch me some more coffee. Uh, but it's it's just life. I, it's just, e I found it easy. And I'm just glad I, like right now, there's no stress in my life. Just being creative. The only stress is uh, I had a little, a little run in at the Trader Joe's once with somebody when they, you know, very minor. Oh, can I, you don't have time for it. You can no, edit, I have time. You can edit Please. this out. Yeah. You can edit this out if you want to. Uh, we're going to keep it in. I can tell. Some people go into Trader Joe's and they're just going to look around. They don't have a plan. I think I'll just, I'm not sure what I'm going to get. Well, I'm in and out. I know what I'm getting. I got my list. Let's go. Now, criticism of me is I do beeline it sometimes. I'm in, I'm, I don't waste time. I round the corner. I'm ready to go to the checkout. And there are two people, gender is not important, two people who have their carts askew they don't know each other. They're blocking the aisle. There's a small path to get through. Very small path. But I might bump them if I go through there. If I say, uh, if I say, um, excuse me, 
then I know they're going to go, oh, uh, should I move back? Are you going to move back? What's going to happen? Oh, I like your blouse. So I didn't say anything. I lifted my basket because I didn't have a cart and I slid through, mm -hmm. trying not to bump him. I don't think I bumped him, but maybe the back of my bump their go. arm. Now, now bump, we're talking. Bump yeah. their arm. Yeah. And then I, but I didn't feel it. And I look back. I may have said, sorry, you know, but get up to the You're check. You're a big guy, by the way. Get, get up to, oh, gentle giant. Get up to the checkout. And all of a sudden, a person comes up, but not an angry person, kind of a meek person. So this is a big moment for them. Excuse me, but you just bumped me and, and just kept walking. And I stopped Ryan Rosillo what I was doing. I knew how to handle this moment. And I looked that person in the eyes and I said, I am sorry. Are you okay? She says, I just said, she, she said, yeah, it's, that's not it. It's just that you didn't, didn't, you just kept going. And I said, I'm sorry. I almost said there's an urgent care two blocks down, but I didn't do that. I said, I am so sorry. And then I have to wrap this up. Thank you for telling me. It's a big thing. And day. she walked away and she just saw leadership. She just saw Churchill. It was, and I, I went home and told my buddy, my neighbor, and I said, the whole inner monologue was, we're going to get through this. I like that she stood up Does to you. Does anyone like that story? Or is it just me? Because <laughs> my, my wife will say I'm very obnoxious in that case. But you've I'm probably just, just been around what's that? each other a lot, you know? <laughs> We got through it, but and I just, you're not married, but I, right? But you took, call her your wife. You I said. took the lead and I went right up there, eye contact, and I that's just that's a chapter. That sounds like a chapter or an insert. I made a mistake and I'm sorry. Yeah. We're gonna get through this, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like I, I made that weird though, but like the the wife part. What's that? that you, you said you call her your wife, but it's you one just, syllable. It's more efficient than saying long term girlfriend. It is okay. We're gonna leave that one alone. Petite All right. wave. I'm not allowed to say petite wave. <laughs> There's nothing. I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm going to do five questions, but I want you to ask yourself one of the five. Okay. Okay. But we're not going to start with that. No, we're not. We're not. Okay. Are we ready? We're going to have, we're going to have a music bed that's going to be produced oh, okay. up. Okay. Right. So just pretend the music is live right now. Do you remember how many total points you had at Montana State? No, but I did score 20 at the Kibbe Dome at Moscow, Idaho. Eight for nine from the floor. Four of four and three-pointer. We had the longest three-pointer in the country, 22 feet. The ACC was 17.9. The first ACC three-pointer, if kids want to go back and look it up, it's hysterical. It was inside, inside the top of the key. <laughs> it's inside the Mark key. Mark Price was pulling up. Everybody's like, yeah. Um, Giannis would have been able to take off. Yes. And uh, all right, 184 total points. And I oh, noticed, you looked at stuff. Yeah, up. I noticed your minutes went down from your sophomore, your third year to your fourth year. Or is it, well, you played three years. I the minutes I, went I, down. I quit after my... My junior, junior year, year to, okay. to graduate and get out of town. Okay. Do you uh, do you want to use this forum to put the Kylie Minogue rumors to bed? Um, what, what, what are the rumors? I don't know the rumors. I I'm, just I just what, go I, ahead. that was me trying to be very open ended oh, okay. to see if I get some. No, out but of I it. was mocked by some. You know, it's 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 a little. I had a guilty pleasure where Love at First Sight or one of her songs was on DirecTV. It's one of my favorite Instagram posts. Yeah. Is you just love the song. And yeah, because I like dance. I like, and then she's out there as a great edit, right. star wipe into I, her. I like dance music, even though I like... Don't be afraid of that. I like Bill Evans. I like jazz, but I like dance music. Uh, I think you saw me play a little Holiday Madonna once when I was sipping wine 
on the on the Instagram. And uh, but some of the guys were mocking me for like for I admitted it was a guilty pleasure. You got to see Kylie Minogue dance and. Uh, it's look the songs the song the kids say slaps bangs Kyle yeah knocks even I I kind of love the way she plays with the crowd and yeah. that chorus just hits yeah and and it's I think it's a little eighth grade to have you know your friends at work say oh my god you like Kylie you know yeah I do I like but when she was on the show I I know you're a private man but I just I sensed I sensed tension <laughs> no okay do you want to ask yourself the third question. Um, I'm going to ask myself the fourth question. The fourth question. Okay. All right. Uh, this was sent to me by one of your writer friends um, that if you were asked to do Sports Center again, that do you, do you know who won the three point shoot, shooting contest this year? I just got nervous. This year? Yeah. Do you remember? Yes, Buddy Heald. Do you have Do you have a a good line? Because one of your writers sent me a line. He's trying to get you to use about Buddy Heald. That's just Buddy being Buddy, release rotation splash. Uh, This year's three-point shooting contestant, uh, he won, but he cut his finger, Buddy healed. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. So maybe we'll table that one. We're going to keep working on it. No, no, no. No, Alec is gifted. I used to say puns are the lowest form, but he's extremely funny, and he can do puns in his sleep. Just a pun guy. Yeah. But he's not just a pun guy. No, he's allowed to do it, in my opinion, because he's brilliant in other ways. He was the guy that would come up with really good jokes like, in five seconds, and then they couldn't beat it. It was the best. He comes up with them immediately. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Um, maybe that could have been a messenger thing. Does here. he know that Tom Brady is going to not play for the Patriots? Don't tell him that. He'll be devastated. Uh, hopefully he won't listen to this. Okay. The fourth question is yours. Craig, are you most proud of being clever or being an incredibly nice human being? Well, I'm, I'm happy being an incredibly nice human being with no temper whatsoever. I just, I'm just, yeah. That's a great way to sorry close this to be, out. Sorry to get so deep on this podcast. No, that's that's a that's a good way. All right, uh, true or false? Steve Levy took a swing at you at one of those Christmas parties in Bristol. That was Robin Roberts. I could have researched this better. You did a great job. Thanks, man. Seriously, pleasure being here. Can't wait to, uh, whenever you need me back during the playoffs, let me know. Done. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. That's something I'd want to do for a bunch of years. So check out Kilborn on Instagram. If you like this interview, he will love his Instagram posts. Please rate and review, subscribe to the Rosillo Show podcast on the Ringer Network. Talk to you next week. Or Bill and I every Sunday. Don't forget. Don't forget.